Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Roleplay Life Podcast. I'm your host for tonight. I'm John. It is number five, not number six. It's definitely number five. Uh, I am joined today by my usual co-hosts, uh, Dan. Hello there. And Gareth. Good evening. Hey, we did it. This is the <laughs> we first made try. it. Not the second try. This is um, in no way a redo. No, no, no way. not at all. So tonight we're going to do things a, a little bit differently. Uh, since we've been off for a week, we are going to go through some of the big news that's been happening in the RPG world at the uh, the last time since we've spoken, because uh, a couple of things have been happening and we wanted to address them. So we are going to start with that. And the first thing on... Let's start with the, the little bit of news that we have, which is Fire Emblem, the original NES game, has been announced by Nintendo and is going to be re-released on the 4th of December on the Switch eShop. Um, it will be uh, $4.99, uh, which is a reasonable price uh, for a, a new game. Uh, that was originally released in 1990 on the original NES. Um, and it's also going to be one of these uh, re limited release games that's only going to be coming out until the 31st of March next year. Um, so if you want to grab it, grab it when it comes out. Uh, the thing I have a problem with with this is that there is also an anniversary edition that's going to be coming out uh, that is £50. And I've got, a, I've got an actual list here of what's included. It's a deluxe art book, a replica game box, an instruction book, book and map, uh, but no replica... But no replica cart, no cartridge. What? So exactly. Yeah. What? You're getting. You're basically paying fifty pounds for a code, but the art book is really nice and the box is really nice. I'm sure it is, but it's not. But, if that's how you're trying to sell me something, Gareth, don't give up the day job, Jesus. Um, but this is the thing, like. I have very strong opinions on many factors of this. No. Uh, one, as a massive Fire Emblem nerd. Mm -hmm. Two, as someone who has a very divisive history with collector's edition products. Um, as jo uh, we know, John has a collection of these said items. Uh, is it Nino Kuni 2 that you bought recently? Or was I it the original Nino? Yeah, that the, one. the original Nino Kuni. Kuni uh, yeah. White Witch Edition. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and sorry, after you, John. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with uh, with Gareth there. It's it's a lot of money to ask for for not very much in return, to be quite honest. Yeah. Especially for a game that is okay. It's the thirtieth year since uh, the original Fire Emblem was released. It never actually came out over here. That's why they're making such a big deal about it. My other problem with it is that it's in English, which is fine. But if you're a European and don't speak English, it's still being released in all the other territories in Europe, yeah. but only in English. You cannot yeah. get it in Spanish or French or Italian or German or any of those other languages. It's not available to you unless you speak English, mm. which is kind of disgraceful, if you're asking me. Like, it's not it's not a long game. I, I can't imagine there being a lot of text to translate into, into the various languages, but the lack of effort that's been put into to this for a game that it has been fan translated before it's not yeah. a, a brand new thing it's not some unearthed project that's like reared its head it's been in japan for 30 years 
people have had their hands on it and have translated it into English and other languages as well. It's 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 not. I think it's my... also like it, there's a. I'm in an intriguing point for this. As one, I don't own a Nintendo Switch, and two, it's my birthday the day after. So if you want to buy me a Nintendo Switch so I can play Fire Emblem, that would be greatly appreciated. Um. Now. <laughs> Sure. The issues yeah, I've got not? with this, the issues I've got with this are, as John says, there's a, a, a level of laziness to the, the product. The release date is very interesting. I mean, is it four ninety nine? So five pounds just to yep. get the download. So there's got, it's basically going to try and bolster into because Fire Emblem Awakening really, really grabbed people in. Like the other Fire Emblem games have always been very solid games. Um, I remember getting a Game Boy Micro 10, 15 years ago for Christmas and one of the games in it was Sacred Stones. And I sat down to it after my tea and I I played it for a bit and someone said, oh, we're going up to bed. And I was like, I've only been playing for 40 minutes. I looked at the clock and it was midnight and I had been playing for six hours straight. Um, I would say that that is Sacred Stones, which is a classic game. And this is Fire Emblem, the original game from 15 years prior. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And this is where I was sort of going to go to is there's you're right. It's a very old game. It was originally for the NES. uh, So it's 8-bit. They've they've basically like revamped it a little bit, haven't they? They've like juiced up the graphics slightly. They've made it more... There are save states that you can use. That's that's pretty much it. It just it's a strange product. Um, the well, fact it's released, that it's releasing it around Christmas and it finishes just before the end of the fiscal year is when the limited edition runs because April I mean, the first is the beginning of the financial not, not, year. Not just the limited edition, the actual online download will yeah, disappear yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, that's it, what I'm saying. Is they're, they're trying to key in because like didn't wasn't three houses like really popularly streamed when it released on Twitch as well. Yeah, I mean, I um, did that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean there was also some. Um, a little bit of pushback due to one of the voice actors of uh, Three Houses later on, but yeah, um, like that, uh, you get the feeling that there's a combination think... of cynicism and nostalgia blending together in the festive period. And I appreciate that. I, think, I think it's just it's just because Nintendo doesn't have a lot to offer people at this time. Mm. I think that's the main reason. Um, I just think that it's it's an odd move to give this anniversary edition, seeing as it's never been over here, so that people shouldn't have nostalgia for it. Yeah, I know they have nostalgia for Fire Emblem, but don't release this. Release Sacred Stones. Release Sacred Stones on on the Switch. That would well, have they, had a they, much better response. They, well, they also tried to was it Shadow of the Dragon, which is number five, which is before what we got uh, Fire Emblem. What what we get in the West called Fire Emblem is actually Fire Emblem Six, and I think they re-released on the DS uh, Fire Emblem Shadow of the Dragon or something, which was Fire Emblem Five, and it was very boring. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who may be disappointed with the re-release. Because Fire Emblem is um, the two big things that Fire Emblem are known for are the triangle system for weapons. It's not and... even in this game, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to get to. And the yeah. support system, which also isn't in that game because the NES couldn't support it. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of people attempting to get them ships going. And 
nothing's going to say. Um, yeah. And we're good. just going to get a, an array of situations where there's going to be a disgruntled fans, a little bit like some people got a little bit disgruntled with. Um, I can never remember the name of the follow-up to Awakening because it was released as two games. I, it was three Fate, games. Or was it three? Yeah. But yeah. it was one storyline over three games. That's right. Uh, which reminded me of also a very unsuccessful game series, uh, The Legend of Zelda, with Legend of Zelda Seasons, where you basically, on the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, uh, you had... Four Swords? No, no, way before that. So basically, there's the three main gods, isn't there, of The Legend of Zelda? Spoilers. Spoilers. It's not really a spoiler at all. How old's The Legend of Zelda right now? I've never played it. You're spoiling it for me. Yeah. But uh, basically... (laughs) I see Mr. Strawman is out here. (laughs) uh, But in the three games, you basically are playing the game suited to one of the gods. It's like buying a Pokemon game for cut, like, you know, you pick blue or red. Yeah. Uh, and that was basically how, because I think it was one of the Capcom made Legend of Zelda games. Oh, good. Because I think Nintendo <laughs> paid Capcom to do seven. Really? And it was, and they, yeah. they put three into one game just with different yeah, yeah. names. Okay. Um, well, basically, they were trying to rival Pokemon and Legend of Zelda. To be fair, Capcom did also the Minish Cap, which was a really fun Legend of Zelda game. Um, for me, it was also very painful because I played it on the Game Boy Micro, which... Um, if, you, if you're not sure what the Game Boy Micro is, it's the smallest Nintendo uh, device they've ever made. and It's, it's about on... this big, physically. It's smaller than that. It's so, smaller yeah, than that. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, yeah. That's thinner. And, yeah, I can't even imitate it. And I had a screen. I've, I've got one over there. Um <laughs> If I wasn't all wired up, I'd yeah, just go yeah. get one and show you how tiny it is. Um, but doing some of the boss fights, I-, I literally had to pause the game, put it on the charger and walk away while going... <laughs> <laughs> just button mashing, button mashing. <laughs> yeah. Anyone well, not even to that, the... To the yeah, uh, there's the... a lot of hand flexing. Anyone listening to the audio podcast, if you're not sure how big a, a micro is, it's probably about the size of a chocolate bar. It's yeah, very, yeah. very small. And not, not um, even like a double pack chocolate bar, like probably, <laughs> you know, like a twirl, yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but bring it back to, to Fire Emblem, we're, bottom line, we're not really happy. I, I, I consider it a curiosity, and at £5, it, it might be worth a purchase just to say that you've got it and maybe yeah. I'll play it at some point. But for the most part, I'm not going to touch that anniversary edition for loving the money. That, that's, I, it's way I've too much money for people, what I've heard of people who just got the anniversary edition, and I think the biggest gripe from what I've seen on some forums is it's like, even if it's a hollow cartridge, just, you know, you're giving me a box, put a, put a hollow cartridge in it, just something, just, yeah. you know. Exactly. It doesn't like, even have to actually have the cartridge in it, just give yeah. a, re- a replacement. Like It's not like there's not loads of those knocking around. Yeah. All you're doing is you, you're taking the, the sticker off and putting one on. Yeah, I it's really enjoyed hard. the um, one of my friends used to work for like the secondhand games industry, and I I loved the name they used for like knockoff uh, Game Boy cartridges and DS cartridges of Pretendo. Pretendo, okay, yeah, I like that. Um, it's like right. Apparently, uh, John will know the shop quickly. Lee's Games in Morecambe. Um, yeah. 
the, there was a guy and they were, I don't know, I'm not going to use his real name, but it was like Pretendo Jack. And they were like, can you please stop coming into my shop trying to trade me fakes? Because he'd come in with like all these like, oh, I've got original Pokemon. It's like, yes, you downloaded an emulator. You put it on a card and you put it in a cartridge case. This is not a real product. I cannot sell this. Yep. No. Uh, so that was Fire Emblem. The other uh, thing we have on the docket for news is probably one that most people have heard of already, but it's the delay of Cyberpunk 2077. And it's been delayed until December 10th, uh, along which uh, multiple reports have come out of uh, Project Red of the super crunch that is going to be occurring in this time frame. um, And the death threats that the people working on the game have also received, which is it's sad that people assume that any kind of release um, pushback like this would follow with death threats but that is of course how the games industry is run because it's a horrible hellscape and everyone is horrible we say that but uh before we recorded i was on about uh the pushback of bravely default 2 and square enix um really killed off some good faith that people had in them as uh, a developer from octopath traveler because they they put the game out as a demo and they were like, oh, give us your feedback and then proceeded to promptly ignore said feedback and release Octopath Traveler virtually as was. Um, and I think the one of the scenarios we've got here is maybe it's the fact that Square have basically gone like, look, we're listening to your feedback on this demo and we don't want a repeat of this. And what's probably happened now is how many times have these pro- these games been pushed back now? Cyberpunk's been pushed back four times, Brave of the Default three times, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I the main problem I had with with um, Octopath Traveler wasn't anything that was related to the demo, though. I really enjoyed the demo. It was it was the late game aspect of it that was a problem. Yeah. But um, back to Cyberpunk. Sorry, Dan. I was just going to say, aren't Square Enix fans still waiting for a decent modern Final Fantasy game? It just appears to be re-releases up to now, doesn't it? I mean, fourteen is is a favorite for many people. Although I haven't played it, I, I can't speak. Uh, the the last modern uh, Final Fantasy game I played was twelve. So <laughs> no, that's that's not true. Actually, I played thirteen and I hated it. But I um, think that they've just yeah. also recently released is it a preview or a demo of sixteen as well. Really, I hadn't heard of that. Yeah. I haven't heard of that either. Um, apparently, there's like a big. A big world, lots of tribes. Uh, it's a little bit like the Avatar, from what I could gather from what I was listening to, uh, in the fact that this. Uh, so there's a kid, and uh, he's expected to have this um, icon. I think the person was on about. So you know, like he have the summon materia. Yeah. Yeah. So they're now known as icons, and one of the situations that happens is this character. I think I want to say his name's Clive. Yes, so yeah, because there's a big yeah. hoo-ha. Because basically, everyone around the world is like, "That's a good name," and then everyone in, in England is just country. like, "No, it's not. It's horrible." <laughs> it just made me think very much when I heard the name of uh, there's a comedian called Nigel and uh, Nigel Nung. I'm probably butchered his surname. Oh, I'm really sorry. He's okay. infamously uh, Uncle Roger on YouTube, um, and he was commenting that being from Malaysia, he says, "Yes, we've got British names." 
but what you don't realize is you ended your occupation in about 1950 so none of the names have modernized we've not got cool modern names we've not even got 80s names so like to us names like dudley and clive are still kind of cool slash exotic um and that's that's kind of how the scenario has gone Uh, yeah dan's (laughs) face I apologise for the term there, but, you know, it's like, you know, we want to sort of, we've had the British heritage and we're going to still use British naming convention. However, it's from like the 1950s, like, you know, you've got Nigel and Edith yeah, uh, and such. And that's why we get these. To a lot of other countries, they do seem very cool names. It's just to us, they seem weird. You know, because that's the name of your gran and granddad. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, Cyberpunk twenty seven seven. I mean, yes. the, the 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 best thing that I saw about this was that um, what they were actually doing is um, they were delaying it until they could get a much better announcement for a further delay to be put out into the media. That's what like it's only a month delay in realistic terms. It's a month delay. Yeah. What and and the 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 responses to this were in a month. What can they possibly do that can also pass all of the Microsoft, Sony, um, and and wherever else it's been released checks? What can they possibly do? Steam? I, uh, hold on, no, it's not. Um, uh, what's Cyberpunk twenty seven seven being run through? What game? Um, PC? I'm sure, it's Steam. Is it Steam? Yeah, you it's, know, not, but, it's either Steam or Epic. Um, yeah, I couldn't remember which I'm one. I'm pretty it was. sure it's on Stadia. Maybe you're thinking about Stadia. Oh right, oh, that's another thing that that's yeah. also newsworthy, but I'm not even going to mention it. But the idea is, is that what's the delay of a month going to do? They're already crunching 100 hour month uh, weeks, 100 hour yeah. weeks. Like I physically can't imagine it. No, I can't. I can, I can imagine uh, crunching one how 100 hour months though. So yes, I'd, I'd love to. Every, I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do that every month. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that a uh, hundred hours per man, or because how how are we talking about the man yeah. hours? Yeah, the, like the, you've got to also ask, like as uh, someone looking from the outside, is what does that do to your development teams? Like they subcontract it, they don't care. Quit. Yeah, no, yeah. they, they no, don't care. The they thing, just subcontract not, it all out. Well, that's not true because there's a lot of games companies who do a ton of stuff in house, and they basically what they're doing working people into the ground grinding yeah. them under the millstone um is it um ubisoft i know they have like they subcontracted uh, out uh no they have a series of subs uh sub developers not anymore they, rotate through. They, they sold them did you not see the news they've sold them and they've also closed ubisoft okay. montreal i think it is or no it's when, uh, ubisoft paris that, they've sold it within the last six months because of covid but now assassin's creed valhalla has has massive crunch hours yet again, and I was I, I exactly thought of Ubisoft, and I also thought of another massive. And these are massive game companies, mind you. Another one. Uh, do you remember when Call of Duty was just about to come out? The the new one, Activision. Warzone, from Activision. Yep. I mean that is a multi billion pound company. It's got to be at this point, and they still have stupid crunch hours, all subcontracted, and because they're all listed as zero hour contracts, yes, they get paid, but they do not get paid overtime. At least uh, it was the case, allegedly, um, with um, the Call of Duty um, aspect. And I assume it's a very similar thing with Cyberpunk 2077. I mean, a game journalist that I follow a lot on Twitter um, is Jason Schreier. And and he has been a very vocal hater of the game devs who says, oh, like 277, it looked like 
Okay, they're not going to crunch it now because they're going to postpone it for an extra few months. They're going to postpone it for an extra few months. But in actual fact, they've just been crunching the entire time. It might make the game better, but these people are literally suffering. And if, I don't know the exact conditions, but if they're not getting paid overtime, that's a joke. Yeah, I get that. And that's what I'm saying is like what happens is you get guys going in out of university going like, I want to be a game developer. I've got all these cool ideas and these concepts that my uh, lecturers have given me. And then what? 35 40 you've been ground into a fine paste and you never want to see game development ever again yeah and then I mean, what you, and then you end up with what i imagine uh, happened a little bit in my life where it's like oh well if you sign to us you get the prestige of the company and you know you get to work for product x and you know you'll be able to tell people that you worked for product x and then what really happens is you get in there and there's probably a guy who's like just leaning out the the window like with a cigarette just going like they'll kill you kid yeah yeah it is it's i mean so, yeah. there was a there was a very uh i can't remember exactly who said it but there was a good line from somebody uh, i was listening to on a podcast years ago who basically said that you either move into management or you move on yeah, yeah. and uh, that's within 5 years of being in the game games industry yeah. so i mean you know, we we don't we don't we try and avoid talking about real life situations, but that that's like in general, surely. Like, I mean, I'm I'm going through the exact same thing at work at the minute, and I'm sure other people have. Where, you know, yeah. when we you are young, you you you've just out of university and you're kind of looking for a job, you're looking to make a name for yourself. If that's not with Company X because you know that the management prospects are crap or whatever, then you will move on to another. One. You know, you've got to. It almost feels like and. You know, I know some people do get stuck in the cycle, so it's a little bit different, but I just... I mean, I wonder how the crunch compares to... I know this is moving realms, um, but the FGC famously had an issue with King of the Fighters... Was it 13 or 14? I want to say 13. Uh, which was developed by uh, SNK Playmore, uh, which is a Korean studio... And they literally sent someone down once downstairs one day and they were like, right, we need to really get this game. We need to get all the maths engine really down. And they just got someone from security. They told him, go home and lock the door on your way out. And they locked them in the building. I mean, COVID, I'd, I'd probably argue that they're all at home locked. And if they don't register the hours to get through the, the, the you know, whatever they're doing at the minute, there's going to be issues. I suppose that might be a reason for the crunch. You know, if not not everyone can be in the office, maybe they've got to focus on that. I don't know, but um, I mean, I, I was listening to an interview to do with Baldur's Gate, uh, and the guy who's the head of that was saying one of the scenarios they found as a problem for development is because of COVID, they can't be in the office, and the development teams are actually trying to communicate like we're communicating now via Discord, uh, and sometimes it's people in different groups and it's like you know you've got to try and create these meeting times and these super meetings and all the other management joys and funds and if you're saying it's all subcontracted out subcontracted out from and what from what i've heard from some podcasts like it's teams of people who are working on meant to be like working under a lead um i remember working in digital media and i basically one day sat at my desk all day and someone went, are you going to do nothing? And it's like, no, I need I need to hear what's happened at the meeting in Leeds. I literally yeah. am sat on my hands until someone tells me to press some buttons and start yeah. creating whatever the clients requested. 
and they were like well can't you do something else in the meantime i was like yeah sure have you got any other jobs for me and they went through the jobs list and went oh the teams are full for jobs lists i was like yeah but yeah. then you're paying me then so um, uh moving back to cyberpunk uh in particular um are we are we still going to buy cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> I was never going to buy it in the first place, so I'm really mute in, uh, moot in this conversation. Fair enough. Uh, I, for some reason, I never saw the appeal of it. It's Keanu Reeves. I mean, you know. Um, for me, Fanboy, in he comes. I, I will not buy it in, uh, at the beginning. Um, I am I, I'm a true, well and true game sceptic now. I mean, it's probably because I'm an adult and I have bills to pay as well now. But And you know John now. Yeah, I know. I know that John will buy it first and give me his honest opinion. <laughs> well, that's it. Um, I was on board since the very first trailer that they did. They did. They put out a trailer um, back before uh, Witcher Three came out, like years well, it ago. Not the Keanu Reeves trailer. No, no, no. It's way before that. Oh no, no, I know the one you're on about now. It the, was like uh, a world, like a sort of a Street View World thing. No, it was it, it was a CG trailer for this for this concept that they had of a uh, woman basically um, uh, who was basically Ghost in the Shell esque. She was more machine than than yeah, person yeah. at this point, and she was just killing everybody. And I just yeah. thought after after every everybody at that point in in time was uh, very fantasy uh, based in their RPGs, and to see something that was very cyberpunk, very Akira, very you know. Uh, in the now. future ghost in the shell all those things like was like yes we need something like that right now and seven years later <laughs> here we are <laughs> here we are the, the, tra- the trailer you're thinking of gareth was actually at e3 it did have keanu reeves in it um he, it, it was, was the reveal have, right it, at the end right at the end yeah, yeah that was the one you're on about yeah one of the issues i've got is keanu reeves just looks like um, an immortal being yes i've heard no bionic commando from capcom Yes, yes, you know you're what? right. Actually, yeah. yeah. I, all I can and because I played so much Marvel versus Capcom three, all I can hear is like, "Here I come, here I come." Oh, you like this? You like this? And I'm just like, the Spencer oh, oh. Nightmare returns. Is that what and he's like, like then? He's oh, like, oh. oh god. Yeah. Oh god. Well, indeed. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, that for you, I suppose that's a problem. PTSD. Um, I'm still going to buy the game. Uh, it's an excuse for me to uh, buy new PC gear, um, which has been on the cards for me for a couple of years now. Um, so I'm going to be doing that, and I will, I will give everybody my impressions when when it comes out. Hopefully, assuming my new PC bits. I'm I'm actually waiting for uh, Black Friday before getting new PC yeah. stuff. I'm going to do the same. Yeah. You know, I'm in a similar boat for some other things as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, think, I think everybody is at this point. Yeah. Everybody, like, if it, if it's something expensive, you just go, well, it'd be cheaper at Black Friday. It's exactly, yeah, yeah. I bought anything. I'll buy last year's TV at a reduced price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I already did that, like, so I already got it. Uh, but I, mean, I, I've just said the same, which is I bought every Christmas gift that does not contain batteries or have a power supply. It's just everything else can wait, <laughs> basically. Pretty much. So uh, that's it for the news. Um, we are going to move on to some... Um, I was actually just oh, quickly with the news Please. we mentioned. Um, I shared something with the guys in uh, our private Discord the other day. And I was actually surprised that John's not mentioned it, that um, Riot have revealed part of their multiple projects with The Ruined King, which is apparently going to be a turn-based RPG. Reason I didn't include it in the news is because there was no news. Yes, yeah. yeah. I was just kind of I was more curious about your take because like 
I, I, my biggest concern was like it was all uh, what do they call all flash and all sizzle. But like, I, like, please show me some gameplay because Riot? I believe Riot. Well, Riot did um, a re- a reveal just before COVID. Uh, it might have even just been pre-Christmas for some reason. I want to say, and they revealed the doing. They were like, "Oh, we're doing an FPS shooter game." I'm sure you Dan can name that game. Valorant. Valorant. They were like, "We're making League of Legends mobile. We're making League of," which is hilarious because the amount of times you see games describing themselves as League of Legends mobile whenever you go into the yeah. Google Play. Don't phone forget though. No, just just a very quick aside. Not only did they announce the League of Legends mobile. Apple also did a feature on it in the event. I don't know whether you've watched it for the new iPhone 12. They're like, you can play League of Legends mobile on the iPhone 12 and probably several other phones as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can play it on our Samsung phone. I mean, Apple phone. Yes. Apple phone. Oh. Uh, it's patent saying uh, otherwise. But um, they are doing. A turn-based RPG, which is apparently Ruined King, which is apparently taking the lore of these games and actually trying to give it some context beyond reading a character bio. And they're doing a fighting game, which is called Project L. Uh, And there was a lot of things that... I don't play League of Legends. I remember John trying to teach me, and I was like, I don't get this. I just just don't get this. Whereas I, I understood Smite. And I understood paladins, and I was like, I found my, I found my lane, and I was happy with that. <laughs> that was... What he's saying is basically the old man couldn't figure it out. Because what he's uh, saying is he needs to be behind the character as opposed to on top of them, because that is the, that what you've just described is think? the difference between League of. <laughs> yeah. Now, now. I was going to say either way, Dan's described it. I thought he was going to say it was a you know a, a legal problem more no, than no. a, a was, legal a... problem. So back to this release trailer that they did. It's a CG trailer. I'm not yeah. really that interested in that. Uh, Riot have put a lot of um, time and money into their law uh, in the last few years to try and give people the, uh, this urge to care about the product yeah. and to stick with it. Um, I didn't care. I haven't stuck with it. Uh, yeah. And I until they actually release some actual substance of a, of a game... Uh, mechanics or you know just something in a trailer that isn't just a cg trailer because i've seen hundreds of those they've literally yeah. released like a hundred cg trailers at this point for this game i don't really care about those um and i see no nothing different here so i think yeah. the, the the cg trailer that we got over the weekend is i think the characters are the cast available yeah i uh, think you yeah, interact I... obviously with the other 10 million champions that is in league these days it's like 150 uh, something now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. But well, um, yeah. Speaking of turn-based it, RPGs. <laughs> well, the thing that worries me actually about this is that they made a release date for it, uh, which was the cause of this CG trailer, which is early 2021. Yeah. So for them to make such a, a a premonition of it going to be like early 2021, which means at the latest the game's probably April. The game's the game made, but, but why why not show us what it is? It, it's all you know it's all tease isn't it they're trying to they're trying to build the hype because they did similar thing with rune terror didn't they dan where they were like uh the rune terror stuff they were kind of like sh- there was like a lot of stuff to do with like oh check out these characters and this that and the other and the interaction 
um, but, and then, but, but that still shows the interaction. That's the important bit. So as part no, of Legends not, of Ruta- not the, the interaction between the characters. I mean, not the interaction of the game. Oh well. And one of the one of the trailers is it misfortune is uh, captured someone and he saves himself with a card, which is how they introduce yeah, it to yeah, being fate. a card game. But in that trailer, they don't show you the card game, and then later on, they re-release the same trailer with card game feature and play. In See, it. I hate to just jump in and correct you, but. That trailer was actually for the second expansion, which was released. Is it for the second expansion? Yeah, so that was that was a CG trailer, and that is typically what exactly what they do um, for the expansions. They always release a CG trailer to introduce all the characters that are going to be in it. They've just done I mean, it again. However... I'm, it's much nicer than Magic the Gathering's trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they also just did it Magic again. Magic the Gathering literally just, like, they take the central image from a card art, and then it just slides across it back its background. There's like next no animation at all. Yeah. But um just <laughs> just, to, <laughs> just to finish off the Rune Terror bit, what they did actually for this last release was they did an entire social aspect of it. Um and people voted for what cards they wanted to see. And then immediately after the vote they released videos on the on the Facebook on, on Twitter showing, oh actually they, these are the effects because these are brand new effects. This is how it's going to impact your cards. Here's some sample cards that might work with it. Which I thought was... I mean, it's a way to get newer players into the game and to, to get up to speed on the mechanics very quickly. But but yeah, no, unfortunately, what you've referred to, CG, it's just... And John's already said it. They've got time and money. In fact, I think they have more animators than they do game designers, if I'm honest. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, all the ideas that they have aren't necessarily an original concept. The fighting game looks quite good though, and one the guy, one of the guys they've got in there for, on the development team is like he's really well known for his engine development. Um, I think it's using the Unreal Engine still, like a lot of fighting games do. Yeah. But um, he he basically said like here's a preview of some of the art and some of the stuff, and he's like, we understand like how the fighting game community works, and we need to make sure that when this comes out, like. It com- like it comes out and it flies out. If there's a single Rather hitbox it- issue, that's it. You will Sorry. know about it. If there's a single hitbox issue, you will know about it. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't mention um, that. Don't mention that to me. I'm the wrong person to get into hurtboxes and hitboxes. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, swiftly moving on then. Uh, the news is done and we are going to talk about some games. Um, if nobody else minds, I'd like to start with a little story of a game that has been mentioned on this uh, show before. Oh. Uh, it, is, it goes by the name of 13 Sentinels Aegis Rift. Oh, you may be Aegis Rift. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but John Aegis Rim got the name wrong. No! So about the John Aegis Rim. You said John yeah. Rift. You said Rift, I'm afraid. Oh, I've been watching Pacific Rim. Um, no, no, anyway. it's, it's not, Aegis not Rim. Rift, then. What? You what said you Rift. <laughs> okay, so I'm the sorry, game I is 13 Rim. I was watching something else with the word Rim in it. <laughs> We're like an hour in. Can we start again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, apologies. So, so um, go on, John. Uh, yeah, so in 13 Sentinels, uh, I've I've now finished the game after three weeks with it, and I have Don, to say, can we just it's... do that again? Can you say Thirteen Sentinels once more time? Thirteen Sentinels. Dun dun dun. Continue. Yeah, I think it might be the best visual novel I've ever played. Um, I've played quite a few of them. Uh, to name a few: Valhalla, Fate Stay Night, Long Live the Queen, Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, some of those are very well known, some of them not. Um, I 
to go even further though i think it might actually be the best story i've ever had in a game um that's that's more open to debate obviously um but it's i'm struggling to to find one that's made me made me feel like this game makes me feel interesting interesting Um, something across your cold steel emotionless heart did it uh, yes but i mean it had a lot going in its favor like uh, mechs, mechs are in it. Yep. It's Jap- <laughs> Japanese uh, high school setting. Cute um, girls, I believe, was the third girls. thing you described yeah. in the earlier podcast. Yeah, they 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 all go towards like this em- like emotional paste that keeps me interested and glued to the experience. So um, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, there was another thing uh, that I did mention on the last uh, episode that the uh, character Hijiyama-kun uh, loves his yakisoba pan oh. and i believe i sent a picture to you guys of me with a sub a bread uh bun and a, bun, a yeah yeah a yakisoba and some kit. noodles <laughs> was it actually a kit it was a kit it actually said it was a wow kit. so let, let me let me give you a quick rundown of how that actually went um i, I there, there was it didn't go quite to plan let's put it that way you John, surprised you me. That would have been great. I wish you'd have so did like a mini video of you making, preparing, and eating. Said That's a TikTok right there. Like, like, come on, yeah, get, it, get it, on the socials. Well, <laughs> let Let me get round to to the details, and you'll understand how much I actually wish I had done that. So, uh, I this kit that I had had it including other things uh, to make it into a yakisoba meal rather than this pan. So I'm like, oh, I can't really do it that way. So what I did was I went on YouTube and saw a video of somebody making the actual yakisoba pan. The problem was the video that I watched had a um, a fresh noodles uh, sol- solution that they uh, put into a frying pan. And I didn't have that. I had dried noodles. So I boiled the noodles in a, in a regular pan and then sieved them off. Uh, in the uh, <laughs> in on please the side. Please don't go where I think this is going. But I'm listening. So um, I, I then had this uh, frying pan with with oil in it, and I hadn't quite got rid of all the the water <laughs> that, that was on that was on the noodles, and I I I almost <laughs> I, I almost poured all the noodles into the pan and i am glad i didn't because so it wasn't dry the noodles weren't dry so some of the water went into the pan it splashed the oil over onto the uh, onto the, the the hob and erupted into a, a fireball <laughs> now at this point um my wife and daughter had been out uh, on a walk and they chose that moment to come back into the house uh and uh, my wife started screaming, where's the fire extinguisher? Where's the fire extinguisher? My daughter ran away and out of the house again. Uh, it took a couple of minutes to go find her because I think she was running towards my uh, her grandmother's house. Um, at which point, uh, back to me, I had uh, this, this fireball eruption in my face. I actually kept my cool pretty well. I'm, I'm quite happy with the, how... The, well, I'm not happy with how any of this <laughs> went. But, uh, but I managed to keep my cool because with I, I dropped the noodles with my right hand, turned the hob off, 
and then I've got like quite a large space in the middle of my kitchen. So I, I jumped backwards with this fireball still in my hand. <laughs> uh, I had hair gel on, by the way. So if, if it had gone anywhere near my hair, like I would have lost all my hair. I would have had to go to hospital or something. Is it wrong uh, that jump- in part of my head, John, he's got the wet noodles in one hand. <laughs> he's ignored the pan, but he's got the bun. He just goes... <laughs> <laughs> he's still got the noodles left he's still got the noodles left we might get to that bit so i jumped backwards and dropped the pan on the floor which was still on fire at this point okay i dropped the pan in the middle of the floor turned the hob off and went to go get a a, a towel to try and cover the, the pan but before i could get back it it, it all gone out everything yeah. was fine at that point well everything wasn't fine everything was like but, on fire and but, dying yeah, yeah. no i i, 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 I once had a similar experience hence why i could i knew where this was going and yeah but literally the water hit the fat and my sister was like oh my god there's a fireball i went oh yeah and just shook the pan gently and it just put it out and my, yeah, but well, my, sis, my sister cacked herself and i was like yep bro see i didn't understand that that would happen so uh <laughs> Yeah, I no longer have a need to un- understand yakisoba pan at this point. Yeah, no. I, 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 th- I think I've gotten over that. I mean, your um, eyebrows look great still as well. jeez. <laughs> um, oh, but yes, uh, in in the non-fire related terms, uh, I love everything about Thirteen Sentinels. And but um, what about if- yakisoba pan? You still had noodles and still had a bun, as well as a tr- PTSD I, I, moment. I made a I made a grilled cheese sandwich instead. <laughs> <laughs> okay which is a solid choice i think yeah it is, it is it is yeah um but yes uh if anyone has any doubts as to whether or not to pick up 13 sentinels i strongly urge you if you like any of the things that i've just described please do so um the game needs all the help it can get it hasn't sold particularly well uh but it's it's a very strong game and well, uh that's pretty much all I want to want to talk about. About well, is it sentences. a strong game or is it a strong story? All right, it's a strong story. There we mm. go. Yeah, because I, well, uh, let's just, I, uh, yeah. Go all on. I'm going to say is like um, I listened to some guys streaming the game because um, we've been praising its localization, and a gentleman I was listening to actually said there is an issue with the localization. I believe. Well, you see, the problem is I played the game in Japanese with subtitles. Yeah, as everyone should do when listening to a Japanese game that has that option, because subs are better than dubs, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, that's going to start a fight, I'm telling you. Well, I, well, if anyone views and comments or anything like that, then maybe it will. I don't know. Um, but I was going to say, I believe they changed, possibly even in the dub, that uh, one of the characters, and I don't know the name, uh, but in our version he is or they are non-binary like you mean okina um uh, in, but in the japanese he's he, a woman so yeah. they, they just call him they just refer to him as as him uh but he's cross-dressing yeah but that's what i was going to say is in the localization in japan uh it is someone who cross-dresses but yeah apparently in the localization for us they are referred to as non-binary Oh right, uh, I don't know that. That. Yeah. which is which is like it's a subtle tweak, but yeah, uh, it's clearly towards the audience and mate, you know. Well, I mean, just to just quickly, just to quickly touch on that, uh, Hijiyama Kun, the guy who talks about his yakisoba pan, is actually attracted to Okina uh, because in the era that he's from, the 1940s, um, 
Okina presents as he's undercover essentially and dresses as a girl uh, to get where he needs to go and to do what he needs to do. Um, and Hijiyama-kun is actually attracted to her and they shift forward and um, he's immediately confused because he's from the 1940s but finds out that this guy is a guy and he's confused. Yeah. And they actually deal with it in a particularly like realistic way. They don't just pass it off as, oh, you're weird. It's yeah. like... I have conflicting feelings. I'm still attracted to this person, but in where I'm from, that's an issue. Yeah. Which to me sounds like a very realistic way of doing it. I, I'm yeah. I'm actually very pleased with how that came out. I think um, there's a lot of stuff uh, where it's like trying to reflect the societal change to a lot of things that had been previously pushed under the floorboards, pushed aside, ignored, and in some cases, frankly, just trampled on. Yeah. And I think it's good storytelling and. I think it's more true to the human experience that people there's a lot of people who probably do have feelings and opinions that they don't know and understand that are new and or confusing that occur to them especially in your formative years and even as an adult some stuff happens and you know dealing with those things can be difficult and I think that yeah. from what I've heard they deal with some of the story beats really well yeah, they do. Uh, but, uh, that, I was just curious as to, because I know that you're uh, a subs man. Yeah, the... I, that's exactly how it played out. I had, I had no idea they changed that. Yeah, yeah. Not so that's sure on that wording, that. but okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, 13 Sentinels, go buy it, please. Uh, Dan, did you want to take over the next section, please? Yes, indeed. Yeah, so um, I, I forgot that you actually were going to bring up 13 Sentinels because I was going to refer from. Um, Garrett's news segue about um, turn-based RPGs to another turn-based RPG. Um, a turn-based RPG with ro- with roguelike elements, Gordian Quest. Yeah. Um, and I know you've played it, John. You played all of Act 1, I think. Um, and a little bit of Act 2. Yeah, good, good, good. So, um, Gordian Quest is from a... Um, I believe it is a Singaporean company called Mix or Singaporean game developer called Mix Realms, and I'm actually going to check that now. Um, yeah, it yeah, is, it is, yeah, it is indeed. Yeah, um, and they have a VR game as well that apparently yeah. they're more well known for, but not in my eyes now. Like, I, I really like Gordian Quest. I feel that Gordian Quest is a game that I remember seeing the trailer for, and it looked like Fire Emblem meets Slay the Spire. I'm... It yes, I, I can it, see why it, you've made it, that visuals. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, um, it's a very old school RPG element of it with a turn, but you know, a, a turn-based thing with um, a, um, a card, um, or what, building element to it. Yeah, it's, it's a deck building element, but it's not, 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 not like you used to. Basically, it's not one deck; it's one deck per character. Yeah. Um, so although you have a squad. Saying that though, as part of the introduction, um, and by the way, there is four acts total, or there will be four acts total. It's in early access right now. Um, act one is the introduction, which John did, and then a little bit of Act two, and you said you felt a little bit overpowered, but then it all resets. Yeah, it all resets in between acts. Um, we should probably point out that the game is on Steam at the moment and Switch, I think. Uh, yes, uh, is it actually on Switch? I, I think it's coming to Switch. I'm not sure whether it's on Switch. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure it's been announced. I'm not sure if it's there yet. But um, checking. But yes, uh, it's. There are two acts available right now. I got all the way through Act One. Um, I I think I think of this game as basically Slay the Spire, but with 
emphasis on the characters that you control and less emphasis on the enemies that you fight yep. because the it, it seems like the, they've put a lot of time and effort into coming up with these different characters that are um boilerplate rpg there is a cleric a, a bard a, a rogue a swordsman a wizard and the like i think i think there's two the more classic characters. D&D groups there's... exactly um, I, I think that's right um yeah. but the there are lots there's lots to like about this game but the, i i kind of feel like they they put all their effort into making those characters likable and interesting and deep to build with the with the deck building uh, elements and then you have the enemies that are just they have like one or two abilities each and their their meaning of uh, difficulty is basically that the enemies have more HP and they throw more of them at you, yeah. which it just. I, don't know. Yeah. I mean, you've you've played Act One, so Act One yeah. is listed as an introduction, um, and you played Act One in the exact same way, way I did it in terms of the characters, but more importantly, um, Act One follows only a semi-random pattern. It follows pretty much the same thing, and then. The, um, there's a time element right at the end, which you'll know, obviously. Right. You've got a limited yep. time to be able to complete Act 1. And it's to de- designed to stop you from staying there and then getting all of your um, classes levelled up. However... Uh, ben, did, did you do it before the timer ran out? Um, no. No, I didn't either. No, the, I, d- I didn't. The, no. the antagonist uh, got his main, uh, main max power or something, and yeah. then the counter just stops. Yeah, the counter just stops so you can continue on. Yeah. But by the time of that, I'd, I'd gotten a little bit, not bored necessarily, but I was like, right, I've done what I can, let's go and fight the bots. But Act 2 onwards, so Act 2, 3, and 4, which um, each have different elements and things like that, they're all procedurally generated, and they all have a different, unique element to it. So um, Act 2, so basically I have now 21 hours in this game, um, and bearing in mind that it cost me £13, and... 21 hours, I've not finished Act 2 yet, although I'm getting close, very close, and there's still two more acts to go. That's probably worth it in my eyes. Well, do you feel like the, the enemies are more interesting in Act 2 than yes. they are in Act 1? So, right. um, Act 1 is very introductory. In Act 2, yeah. you get things like, um, for instance, um, there is a lot more abilities. It's not just hit or defend. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a they, they can curse you, you know. They can um, there's vampires that can literally heal themselves off you. They can lay okay. traps, um, and um, there's certain ones that have line abilities as well, exactly the same as you do. Um, Act two um, still doesn't have impossible enemies. It's rare that any character dies, and I've never had a party wipe ever. However, um, I'm getting, and this is what made me laugh a little bit. You said yourself, you know, you felt a little bit overpowered. Yeah. I felt about I felt like that until I booted up on Saturday, right? And then I was like, right, okay, I'll do this random, and then I'll do this encounter, and then my next encounter was two levels higher than I was, and I went, whoa, where did you come from? Like, you know, I've still got to do this now. That isn't necessarily a negative thing because it means that the game is either scaling with you. I'm not sure. I yeah. assume because it's procedurally generated, it is in some form. Um, but also, so. you know, I'm up to level. I'm I'm twenty seven. I'm in twenty six, level twenty six now, and um, that encounter was twenty eight. So, you know, it, it genuinely felt, and I, and I didn't do it because I know that the, the scaling does matter because the enemies do, you know, they do increase and things like that. And, and, like, no matter how good your rogue is, if there's four enemies that have a big health pool, it still needs four turns to one-shot kill them all. It does happen, yeah. though. Um, but, I, I mean, mean I, I, would, I would hope that 
uh, Act Two is better. Like, because if if it were me designing a game, I would say put all your effort into these characters that are gonna stay more or less the same over the four acts, mm. and then put effort into making your enemies more interesting after that. So. And since this is an early access game, that's possibly what happened. I mean. I mean, well, yes and no. So Act Two is Act Two came out August, uh, mid August, I think it was. So July you know, 30th. was it July thirtieth? Okay, okay. Well, there yeah, you go yeah. then. Um, I, I knew it was some point at the start of August. Um, however, um, we got an extra character in the Bard because the Bard wasn't on the original release. I'm trying to think. I think there's eight characters now, or there's seven characters now. Seven, but I think. they said that there's going to be another nine. Okay. Wow. So okay. you know, they're gonna. It's going to be like a D and D party. In, mm. in essence, is what I see. I mean, right now they've got Druid, Rogue, or the Scoundrel they call him, the Fighter, the Cleric, the Ranger, the Wizard, the Bard, and is that all? I think it is all. Did um, you say Cleric? Yeah, I did say Cleric. Yeah, yeah. Said cleric. That's it, then. Are you missing uh, the Sorcerer class? Um, well, I mean, it's got a Wizard, um, but, it, it, you know, it's not pulling directly from um, yeah. D&D because, you know, there's no Warlock or anything. That could be quite an interesting mechanic. However... The bard we've 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 discussed we don't like. If they focus on these characters and they can balance balance them, because again, and this is this is really me, you know, eating my own words. It is an early access game, and I went in there with a fifteen percent discount that's currently on it, knowing that just to because um, a streamer that I watch, um, Northern Line, um, actually um, did a did a sponsored stream, and I was like, this sponsored stream has worked. It's exactly what I want. I mean, I, I needed... I craved D&D at the time. So, you know, I could put the hours in. But um, they need to... I don't know what Act 3 will be like. Act 2 had an interesting element. Um, are you going to continue playing it, John? No, because as we'll we'll come to discuss later on, <laughs> I, I bought Hades as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. And that is exceptional. So yeah. um, we'll have to see. I I probably might... I probably might. That's a, that's a good way of describing yeah, it. Yeah, probably might. Um, <laughs> well, well, basically, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, Indecisively I, I, indecisive. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed in Act One. It started strong. Um, I, I would imagine I, I obviously only did one build of each character. There, are, one of the good things I, I've seen is that each character can be built differently depending on what you want. Um, yeah. I don't know how balanced that is. My, my characters became very overpowered early on, uh, with the way that I built them. Um, I. I, some I might have just come across a lucky uh, set of decks that I built that made them very very strong, and others probably won't be. But um, hearing you say that Act Two is is actually a lot better is is very uh, encouraging. Yeah, I, I should point out the overpoweredness doesn't go away. My rogue can sell no. it for 140 in a turn. However, the, the reason some of the Sorry, some of the people only have 140 health. Some of them have more. Some of the enemies that yeah. is. So you know, it is. It does get better, um, and I'm not. I've spent 20 hours in it, and I spent 13 pounds 79 or whatever it was. So I'm not upset at the minute. If two, if two more acts come out and they're the same as Act Two, I'll be happy. If yeah. they get better, it's well worth it. See, I have a I have a couple of questions because I've not played this. So with the deck. Uh, with John saying about the NPC, the enemy NPCs need to be more varied because they seem like bad guys just for the sake of bad guys. So the whole point of this game is that you've got these classes, this group going through. It's a war-torn world, I'm assuming. 
Yeah, it's it's very standard. Uh, D&D has Fire emblems, Shining Force, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, hang on, I've got I've got it here. Um, humans fall on from an ancient race called the Venai, a bunch of wizards who dabbled with things beyond their control. Then the gods stepped in and seemingly banished them, leaving man to deal with the mess they created. And that's John, pretty, are you uh, one of the Venai, someone who dabbled in something that he should not have tried to create, <laughs> a.k.a. a yakisoba pan? Uh, <laughs> reference, let's, let's call back. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, I'm so, like, surely for me, and as you've pointed out multiple times, a good narrative should come from your party and the experiences that they have. So I was kind of curious when you went, actually, what they need to do is make the enemies better. And it's like, surely the engagement should be from the party that you're playing as, not well, the okay, so... Although, obviously, like, an intriguing, like, uh, use Fire Emblem, again, as my reference is, like, you'll fight a bunch of generic NPCs, but they'll have a sergeant, a bandit captain, or someone, someone who's got a character name and a, their own portrait, rather than, here's generic bandit 2. So my argument for that is that not all games need a story um so a game that i've spoken about a few times is slay the spire which has very little story to do with it at all it's all about mechanics and um i feel like this game could be something quite similar and i i just it's just if if it's going to be that standard or that generic don't have a story right It, from my perspective, I can say it has. Um, it doesn't have a beat you over the head with its story, as as John will have said. There is a story element there, and, and in the introductory part, there's a countdown. And I was like, oh, I've, you know, I've got, I've got to, I've got to make sure I'm completing this quest, but also get back for the countdown. And I didn't, and then it just kind of went. I don't worry it about it. You might as well consider it. Countdown because there's lots of games that just use that to try and yeah. increase to to build an element of pressure. That's exactly and one of the, what one, of the one of the scenarios I was going to mention is like if the chapter two onwards, act two or however they're calling it onwards, is procedurally generated but based around an element. Having a narrative around a party is going to be difficult anyway because I suppose they're maybe trying to play to their strengths because in the first act your characters rarely speak and they never have anything interesting to say. Yeah. Like you would, I had the scoundrel in my team and you would imagine that a scoundrel would be more scandalous, let's say in what he said. And he just didn't. Yeah. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah. So, so you feel like they've leaned into an element of uh, gameplay slash storytelling that maybe they need not do. Like they could have just told you that this world exists and then he, here you go. I don't know how big Mixed Realms is as a studio, but there are a lot of elements going on in this game. There's a lot to balance and a lot to do. If mm. if they have so much to do and so many good things that are happening with the, the deck itself and the building of the actual characters, I, 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 was, I kind of feel like they should have not bothered with the, the weakest element of it. So the yeah. weakest element of the story just drags it down. So Square Enix, uh, a few years ago, released via... Well, actually, they published a game by a company that I've just looked up called Cardboard Utopia, and it's called Children of the Zodiac. And that is a... You've played it briefly at my house, John. And oh, that yeah, is, I do remember that. Yeah, uh, It is a game which is pseudo-Vandalheart slash Final Fantasy Tactics, and your characters, as they level up, they generate both cards for their deck... And also dice, because it has a dice rolling mechanic. Um, and that 
leans more into its narrative uh, and sometimes the issue you've got with that game is realistically you play it you've only got a party of three only one and it's a sort of a very mixed bag party no one's really they've sort of tried to mesh together some of like the classic ideas so your main character is a thief but she's also the healer you've got a guy who's long ranged um, there's also friendly fire in the game as well. So like uh, Pester, who is the guy with the gun, uh, he has an attack, uh, which is, the name escapes me, but he basically like shoots wildly in an arc. And if someone's in the arc that's in your party, he'll shoot them. Uh, and that lent very heavily into its storytelling and its uh, its level development. And that's when you were saying... interchangeable though? No. You have those yeah, three I, characters. There is a frustrating seg, uh, section. You do actually later on, there is, because um, they're like a family of orphans. Uh, and the guy who's the head, I think he's called Zerkoff. Um, you can play as him and another member of the family later on in like a couple of side missions. Um, and that game at times does like bad level design in the fact that it's like to make this level harder all we're going to do is either throw more enemies at you or we're going to really up their damage output or their health pool rather than actually do anything I which, that argument it, about this game in particular I can't remember yeah that's what, what that's yeah. what i was saying is like there's points that you'd made where there's obviously they have they both the, have a similar design drop yeah the, the difference is though that guardian quest allows you to change your characters at will yeah. Yeah. So making a story element about a set of characters that isn't set, I would imagine, is very difficult. So you can't have them say anything in particular because then they're just increasing their workload to an ima- unimaginable length. I, I just feel like. Games like Fire Emblem that have like groups of over 100 characters and characters. But you, all, you always have shit. a central character, though. You always have a central true. character in that. You don't in this. Yeah, and you also have to point out, I mean, again, we are comparing Mixed Realms to Nintendo at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. They, they physically yeah. don't have... If they don't I have mean, a, I mean, to be fair, I was comparing them originally to a, a sub-studio Square Enix called Cardboard Utopia. Still but, part of Square Enix is my point. Mixed Realm but, is a, is in, it's an independent platform. Well, yeah, but Square Enix was just the publisher in the, the event. Right, okay. So they wouldn't have funneled any money or, or resources yeah. into it. Okay, well. saying, but may- maybe maybe mixed realms should have learned from uh, that particular instance. Then, yeah, I, I mean, I just I just feel like the game would benefit from not actually having a story. Yeah, I I think, or or at least not the story that is is presenting. I I hundred percent agree. I I like the idea of it being, um, you have to um adjust your party and build their decks because, and this is this is the only difference to what John said is you can swap them at will. But if you swap in, if you're about, you know, you're level 21 on, you know, your main three characters, and then you realise, yeah. oh, I've not gone healer, when you try and put that healer in, that healer isn't that. level 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of an issue. It kind of locks you in immediately. Yeah. yeah. That, that, I, I like to call that the Fire Emblem permadeath situation, where it's like, this is my group, and then you make a, a mistake, especially in the earlier games, and it's like, oh, they're dead, and then you're trying to, like, hide a healer just at the right <laughs> distance to still be like useful it's funny you should mention something like that actually i i recently came across uh are, are you of you um aware of the nuzlocke uh games 
uh, which which uh, like Pokemon uh, yeah. subsidiary like self-imposed uh, rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only I only just came across them and. Dan's that, mentioned it during D&D like several months ago. One of the guys that his friends with streamed exclusively like Nuzlocke teams. And I stuff. don't listen to Dan. Come on. <laughs> oh, this is the reason why we put a podcast on it so that other people would listen to me instead. But yeah, I mean... Me and John are actually just talking to each other. We don't really reference Dan at all. <laughs> <Do>? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, you mentioning like characters dying and stuff like that, that that's exactly what the, the Nuzlocke thing is all about, isn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, I really want to do that. I've never done that in a Pokemon game I, I always end up stuttering out halfway through the pokemon games because they get boring yeah, um, yeah i don't have the same experience the the nuzlocke ta- the kind of thing seems like it could actually make that not be a problem for me it gets like it gets, having so many rules die. yeah um so permadeath is a thing in pokemon games if you self-impose it yeah exactly which I, sounds yeah. great I mean, there's so nuzlocks basically have loads of different things i mean there's versions of nuzlocke where you can't heal there's versions really? of Nuzlocke where if you run it off an emulator, you're to randomize the first Pokemon that you get. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. And and the reason why I brought it up so many times, uh, so many months ago, was because the person I was watching did this randomized and um, then did a vote amongst the, the Twitch viewers about which Pokemon they should get. And he should know straight away he should never do that because he ended up with Delibird that knows one move, which is called Gift. And it either inflicts damage on a person or heals them. So you know, the, the, in the in the card game, Deli Bird has the same thing, and you toss a coin, and if your opponent calls it right, they draw a card. If they call it wrong, you draw a card. Yeah. So they could have got Ditto. Yeah, transform. Ditto's amazing in the card yeah. game. Ditto's also would be good in the you know in in the Nuzlocke, but VGC. But yeah, I mean, so Guardian Quest, um, I would rate it right now. I'd rate it a seven out of ten. Um. And that's mainly game. That's mainly the uh, mechanics and how much I'm actually enjoying it, like a D and D. If it ha- if if the next if the remain I've not reached the end of Act Two. Just to preface this, if end of Act Two has this story hook that then says all your other characters have died except these three, okay, I may be hooked into it. You know, I maybe I've got to find a way to revive them. Maybe that's my purpose. If it just continues on like this, it'll stay as a seven out of ten. You know, no matter what mechanics they throw at me. It's just adding to on top of it, you know. Yeah, I, I'd say about the same. the The game mechanics are very strong. I just feel that the other elements just kind of let, just sort of drag it down, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, shall we? Should we talk about a game that's a nine out of ten for me? I, I think it might be a ten out of ten for me. Really, really. I don't. Well, yes. I don't know because I've not beat the there second boss yet. John's voice, as he said, it's a ten out of ten for me. But it was very oh, yes. creepy and what slightly. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't it's even terrible. that. Kind of, oh no, that that no, that that's definitely the kind of question that voice sounds like it asks a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Hades. So um, I bought Hades on Saturday, and I he's never left played... the house since. <laughs> I I have, but only for brief periods of time where withdrawal was a problem. Um, I've I've played like twenty two runs now of Hades. I've completed it once, um, and I think we've already talked about Slay the Spire tonight. But I think it might actually be a Slay the Spire killer for me. Um, so I I've put three hundred hours into Slay the Spire, maybe five hundred depending on because I I played some of the beta 
in Slay the Spire as well, which obviously doesn't in- include on the uh, the time spent on on Steam. So uh, I've played a lot of that game, um, and I love it. Uh, but this game is. I almost can't say it. It's better than Slay the Spire. <gasps> it's it's different because it's not a car, uh, a deck building game, but uh, it's not a deck building game. But there are very similar elements to it. So uh, Hades is a um, it's actually on sale on on Switch and Steam right now. So if you haven't got it uh, and you fancy something, definitely go and get it. What's the sale uh, on Switch? I've bought it once, but I might buy it again. It's, <laughs> it's eighteen pounds on. on oh Switch no, right. never mind. Considering what I paid for it on the Epic Game Store, no thanks. Yeah, please ex- explain how you got that. Well, it, it basically right now, I believe it still is. It is on offer on the Epic Game Store, uh, and because I made a previous purchase on the Epic Game Store, I had a ten pound coupon. So in essence, for me, it cost me five pound nineteen, which for for the game I have now spent six hours in and will be spending more in. Yeah, one hundred percent worth it. Mm-hmm. So Hades is developed and published by uh, Supergiant Games, and it's their fourth game, following on uh, from Bastion. Uh, Transistor, Pyre, and now this. Um, it was actually an early adopter on the Epic Store, which is why it's on on there now on on sale. Uh, it was uh, first released on 2019 in early access, and went 1.0 early on this year. And yeah, Hades is to get to actually what it is. It's a dungeon crawling action game, uh, much like yeah, Transistor and Bastion were, and it's 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 a roguelike, which I don't I, I can't actually remember what Bastion's like. It's been that long. Um, uh, Bastion, for this is where I was gonna say is like the other day I did a comparative um, of someone who does the opening fifteen minutes of a game and he does it without any conversation or anything. He just puts the game in, records, loads it up onto YouTube. Um, and there's a lot of similarities between Bastion and Hades that I could spot just as a, a viewer, as not someone who played the game. I, I seem to remember Bastion is a, is a story game. It's it's not... So it's, it's, yeah. it's much more of a role-playing it, it, game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's more it, RPG-based. It, Hades is definitely different than that, because each level, uh, each run, sorry, plays out differently. Mm. Um, but in Hades, you are the son of Hades, uh, the god of Greek mythology. Uh, you are called Zagreus. Which I'm not sure if it's actually part of mythology or or they just made it up for the. Pro- I believe uh, Zagreus is uh, made up. Like uh, everything yeah. else in it is legit. I'm just gonna check now. Yeah. yeah, it's it's actually it it plays off my very loose knowledge uh, from uh, watching Hercules as a child uh, <laughs> in, oh, in both good. the series I, and I'm, the Disney I'm so, and I'm everything. I'm so glad that we're basing your Greek mythology on such a strong. <laughs> Strong movies, movies and TV. It's, yeah, that's exactly so, where it comes from. This is why, it, I mean, okay, it depends on how we want to get into this. Um, and I don't want to spoil. I mean, in fact, I'm, um, basically, one of the one of the potential Greek myths is that he is Hades' son. One is that he is a son of an, uh, another god god couple. Would basically. it be Zeus? Because his name is basically the first letter and the last three letters spell Zeus. Y- yes, you are. You are correct. Um, that so he's either in some stories he's the son of Zeus and Persephone. Mm-hmm. And in some, he is um, the Hades' son. 
Greek mythology is always, uh, I'm going to use the term, I was going to say hilarious and I didn't mean to. It's always interesting. In the, it is. The reason that it's always interesting and I almost use the term hilarious is the telling of the story changes from region to region because yeah. basically what happened is there were stories that were told and they were meant to be morality stories. Um, and they were meant are, to be are you stories gonna go, for like their kids. Are you um, going to go to the, the Zeus story where he turns into a swan and uh, basically makes a woman pregnant? Uh, name a time that it doesn't. So it's like um, yeah. Medusa was raped by Zeus. Uh, he raped he raped Medusa in the temple of Anthena. Anthena got angry and thus cursed Medusa to become the Gorgon. Just just a, and, Athena. Athena. There's no end Athena, there. Athena, sorry. Uh, and then she then later on is still angry at the sacrilege of her temple sent Perseus on part of his quest to kill her, claiming that the only way to overcome another trial was to use her head. Um, so, but the stories change from like region to region, and there's also some overlap with the the claim that the Egyptian gods are actually the Greek gods in masks, and. Uh, there's one of the stories where uh, one of the trials of Hercules is that he has to kill a stag, a Celtic stag. So he basically goes to Scotland to kill a stag. On holiday. Yeah, yeah. Just he got a great booking agent. Yeah, um, yeah he travels like 1,200 miles just just to kill a stag. I mean, he, he had the Pegasus at that point, so. Yeah. Oh right, sorry. Yeah. 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 I was still thinking of like Virgin Airways, but hey, whatever. Um, anyway, back to Hades. So <laughs> you're the son of Hades and you wish to leave the underworld for reasons that you will learn later. Um, but uh, your father doesn't wish you to. So uh, very believably, like any old son, you think you know better than your dad and you're going <laughs> to do it anyway. So it sounds you... really familiar to me after this weekend. Yeah, I bet it does. Uh, you set off to escape and only to find that most of the underworld uh, doesn't really like you very much and wishes to kill you with pointy things. So you kill them instead, and with a variety of weapons and abilities. So these abilities and weapons are why I compare the game to Slay the Spire, because each time you go into a room and defeat all the enemies within it, you get uh, the choice to, to between three different uh boons or abilities things that change your weapons and the way they, they work um either the way that you move about or utility things or the the boons as i mentioned uh these are crown trick when you enter the treasure rooms you get very similar kind of mechanic in that as well yeah and, and these work very similar to, to a deck shall we say uh in you know a lot like uh, a lot of the other games we've been talking about tonight mm -hmm. but um I'll get you into yeah. TCGs yet. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm all virtual, baby. No physical. <laughs> 2D for real. I feel um, so sorry for your wife. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's a Hades again. Um, yeah, so the boons. The boons are given to you as gifts from the gods. And uh, you can do different things with these. You get a choice of three. And... Uh, you find out that they are your extended family and they also wish for you to leave because they all they all refer to you like especially hermes and dionysus because you're right because because yeah. <laughs> come on overly familiar um no it, i'm not i'm not sure whether it's 
well, it's pretty obvious, but for for a slight spoiler, I think I think most of them wish for you to just annoy the heck out of Hades at this yeah. point. They just want to see him get mad and angry because nobody likes Hades and Hades hates everybody. Hades Even hates the himself. People in his own house. Yeah, yeah, Hades hates himself, yeah. Um and yeah, like I said, I've put twenty two runs into the game and I have won once. So the game is not easy. Um I I enjoy the challenge though. I there there have been specific like points where I have come across a, a boss that's kept me at bay. But each time that I go back, I get slightly better. And it, it's not one of those those games that you just come across like a, a barrier that that seems cheap. It's like, okay, this is a new set of mechanics that each each boss has, and I have to overcome them by getting used to it and and doing something slightly different. Um, I, I I won't spoil some what some of the actual bosses are, but uh, it it doesn't. Every time I've lost, it's not because the games have been cheap. Yeah. Um I might have thought that at the time because I'm like, oh my god, why have I died to this thing that And then what, later on you have that epiphany of no, it's me. It's I'm, not me, it's I'm him. the problem. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because the the first boss actually held me off for like three or four runs. And now I don't even take any damage from this boss. Like I just get past it. It's just like, yep, sorry, out of the way you. Um I'm moving up. Like the the game seems very fair. Um I have got one uh, issue with that statement. Okay, please. That first boss you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Which boss is it? What's the name? If you don't mind. Well, I, I wasn't going to go into spoilers because it does change. Well, that, that's so that's so that is exactly what has hit me out of left field. So <laughs> after a certain number of runs, it does change. You get you get you get into this. Yep. You're like, I know exactly where to go. I know where to dodge this. You know, and you're mm-hmm. thinking. My issue is not with this first boss. My issue is with the second boss. And then I, w- I went in and I went, "What? The what? <laughs> What's this?" So another thing that um, some some people have actually like I've spoken to about the game that have been with the game since it came out on the Epic Store in 2018. Um, there are lots of those. There, there are really? there are many things that are different, ah. and um, I look forward to seeing all of them. Like there are little things that change. I, I've beaten the game, uh, but there's lots still to do. Like the the ending that I got isn't the ending, <laughs> and apparently yeah. that there's lots still to do, which is fantastic news for a guy who wants to play more of this game. Yeah. Like there are many more reasons to keep going back to it. Um, okay. Sorry, go on, Gav. I was going to say that's that's a great thing to hear as a gamer because yeah. one of the most painful things, and I'm going to mention Fire Emblem for the fiftieth time tonight. One of the things that's really painful with that is you can unlock in all of those games, you can unlock the uh, big boss characters like the final boss and stuff, but or like NPCs are important. But to do it, you've got to play the whole game three times, four times, 15 times, 25 times, and it's a 30-hour game. Yeah, and you're doing it for one scene, aren't you? And, you, yeah. like, well, and you're doing it just to what get basic, basically like someone in a class that you already have yeah but in a different color basically so whereas so in hades 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 a run can take you anywhere between like 20 minutes if you struggle or it i think when i won i was playing the game for uh 50 minutes i think something along those lines it's not something that you know will 
eclipse like an entire week is what i'm saying you can you can do multiple runs in a night um but the 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 just the the width and breadth of the different things that are on offer i mean like 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 dan said like he came to the first boss thinking oh i'm gonna do this and then it threw something out of left field and you're like oh no (laughs) it was more like oh no and i'm dead (laughs) that's that's roughly how it went I was watching someone and he was going through streamers of Hades and he come mm. across some random guy and it, he mm. the guy was in wherever it is you can like look at your items and he was like this guy has really played it he's like he must have done it like 50 60 runs and completed it 50 60 times because he's like he's got like absolute unreal items and so that, sorry go on I'll I'll say something in a second oh. I've I've Okay, okay. So, yes, that, that is one of the other things I want to bring up, is that um, if you are struggling in the game, like I definitely have, uh, there are certain aspects that allow you to get stronger from the beginning of your run. Uh, you collect currency that you can bring back with you, and you use that to get stronger in certain elements. And it doesn't feel that overpowered. Um, it, it doesn't feel quite like easy mode. So one of the, the main things that you want to get is death defiances. Now, what death defiances is, when you get to zero health, you get half of it back um, and you carry on. Now, you get the first one of these for 30 currency, which isn't a lot. The next one, if you want another one, is 500 currency, which took me like another 10 runs to actually Yeah, I'm, on, I'm, I'm currently on 350. I'm still going. <laughs> yeah. The next one, I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler, is 1,000, and you cannot have any more after that. So your your continues, let's call them, you get three of them. And if you can't do it at that point, then... I've got one thing for you then, John. What's that? So, um, you know the... Um, not the boon, is it? What is it? The the thing you can attach at the start of each run that's in the little cage thing. The gifts. You know the gifts? Yeah. Um, have, you, have you tried giving... Uh, these are slight spoilers, by the way. I j- cannot stress this enough. There is slight spoilers for an extra death defiance here, so just okay. um, get some nectar. And you know yeah. the uh, you know the skeleton who you train with, Skelly. Give it to him. Okay. So yeah, there, obviously maybe there are more so, ways. To there's get so, more like death and you you've been playing it for how many runs? And you like I just found it by accident because I went, oh, I didn't realize I could give it to him. Press G yeah. to gift, and he gave me he gave me some uh, an item. Um, but yeah. So that brings us on to like the characters themselves, like which is the thing that makes this game so, I wouldn't say unique, but so brilliant, is that all the characters like like the things that come out of left field for you when on on the bosses, the characters have lots to say. Like of yeah. course these are Greek mythology characters, there is lots of history with them, and they play to to each of their like characteristics, which means that there's a lot of history there and a lot of things that they can say. Um, and they do like the I, I've played the game for probably about I don't know 20 hours or so like I'm still coming across new things that yeah. each of the characters has to say yeah so I, I how much more can I sing its praises it, it's a it's a brilliant game I'm, I'm loving it and I want to play a lot of it I want to play right now on one day John will complete it with anything but the bow <laughs> apparently one of the runs you're meant to do is bow only and someone was saying it's like so hard so ridiculously hard to do bow only no bow is the easiest one in my opinion 
Do you mean with no boons or any trinkets I think or anything? It's I think it's just bow only. Oh, okay, then very difficult. Then never mind, ignore me. <laughs> I can imagine that being very difficult. The, the reason that the bow is good is because you can play keep away. Like, I, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Zoning is a thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem that the bow has when you get past where Dan is up to is damage. Uh, your damage dealing ability it it drops off. Yeah. I've had this conversation with my son when he talked, used to talk a lot about Fortnite. And I, I tried to explain to him like how the balance of the guns in the game is like, if it fires really fast, it probably does really low damage and doesn't fire very far. If it fires really far, it might do high damage, but it takes really long, you know, exp- trying to explain to him like how balancing in games works. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, uh, sorry, well, go on, Dan. We, no, we all were jump, jumping in there. You first, John. All right, well, uh, that's that's kind of what the, the game forces you to try and do, though. So the, another thing that makes me think of Slade Spire is you're trying to uh, garner these uh, abilities together. You get choices uh, for each one, and you're trying to gather the, the best ones that fit together into an overpowered unit that you become. Um, it's That's why I think of it as a deck-building game, because it, you're doing exactly the same thing as you would in those games. Um, it's just that the, the, the spit and polish that they put over the top of it looks a bit different. Yeah. Um, but it's essentially the same thing. Yeah, I, I 100% agree, and I was just about to make that exact same comment. Like, the it, it's, it's really important to note like because um, I actually uh, managed to do um, a run of uh, the first boss of, in a bit with the spear because the spear also has a similar mechanic, and I was looking at it thinking that's pretty cool. But then I went to the bow, and the bow, the first run, just seemed really overpowered to me. I got to the you know I got to the second boss basically because of the boons. This is real, and then you could level them up with the poms. And when you level up the boons, they just get better. Not massively better all the time, but increasing duration or something like that is key. Yeah, um, I've noticed that the, yeah. the, the poms, uh, the first upgrade to each one of them is quite good. And then the more that you stack on top of it, the less uh, effective. Uh, it's less effective, yes. Um, I think that's just a balancing act. Yeah, they had one. to do it, yeah. But yeah, it's like that. that's what I was sort of trying to say is like, you know, there's going to have to be some fall off somewhere in the weapons like crown trick has it in a similar way like the guns seem really good but then they've got a reload mechanic which you know it depends on how you preference to play like i i I said last time i favor the axe just because it's like a big swingy attack Uh, i believe in hades you've got like a dodge maneuver so like you can use the sword quite effectively and eventually you probably are going to end up it's like you know do you put all your eggs in one basket or do you multitask More, you, you crit or do you damage over time yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's literally what what the choice for the bow it is yeah but and... no, it's a, but that, no, it's, i was also like referencing slay the spire as well so it's like you know are you just building it up to be super lopsided in this thing and hope that nothing ever goes the other way or are you actually trying to create a balancing act that's probably a difference that I have noticed. I, I'm not sure. Slay the Spire definitely will give you difficult enemies if you have a built a certain way. Like if you have like a, a card that does uh, like bludgeon for say, does 40 damage to one target, it will then send multiple waves of things at you at the same time um, to, to try and make it difficult for you. I can't say that I've noticed uh, Hades doing something like that. But then you come across the the dif- differences in the actual game mechanics because obviously Slay the Spire, you have an energy based 
uh, turn-based system, whereas Hades is obviously an action game and doesn't really fall into that category. Because so. I know, having watched like the first 15 minutes of Bastion, like they use the narrator very strongly to build the world and the themes and to give some of the setting and precedence. Uh, you meet characters, weirdly enough, in Bastion, even though there's you're the only person left in the world. Uh, and then frequently, once you meet that character, it's like the ghost of that character. Um, I think you do eventually meet characters that are alive and you end up being able to do trades and build weapons and stuff like that i can't quite remember i'm sure if it's been a while but um like when i was watching bastion and hades it just made me think like because transistor's not too different too different from those games either it's like a super giant game just found um a niche that's super comfortable for them and they're just really experimenting with the means of storytelling so in bastion your character doesn't speak, but the narrator really, and it, like the narrator from that game is great. Uh, it's funny you should mention that he's actually in this game as well. The, yeah, yeah. the voice actor is yeah, I, yeah. not the actual character. Um, but yeah, if, it's funny you should say that like Bastion and Transistor aren't too different from this. Uh, I actually don't particularly like those games. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what? I, I like exactly. I like Pyre. I like their third game, which is a very different, almost yeah, a yeah. sports game with story elements in. Yeah. I really like the characters in that game. Um, is it also because you're escaping technically from hell as well in that one? You know what? I hadn't thought of that. Huh. Uh, yeah, that is true. That is that is very it's, This similar. is why I was saying it's like, do you get the yeah. thing that giant games have just gone, this is my thing, and this is how I do it, and I'm just going to get better and better and better at it. With the exception of Transistor, where I wasn't very good at it after I made Bastion, but I tried something different. Well, um, it's, it's weird. I, I actually had a Twitter conversation with Greg Kasavin, who's the the writer on yeah, the yeah. Supergiant games, um, and he was the the writer on Pyre and uh, this game as well. And I actually like said to him, I said, "Look, I, I've not really, if I'm being honest, liked uh, uh, Transistor and, and Bastion. The thing that I liked about Pyre was how strong the characters were." And he came back to me and went, "Thanks, I, thanks. I wrote those characters." Yeah. Uh, and I, so I sort of think it's somewhere in an office. He's sort of like, "Yes, I was right to do that." Because before did, um, a thing sorry, with sorry, there was a thing with Nintendo Switch, like one of the trailers, and they have him in the trailer, and they ask him to rate the characters because he wrote them. Yeah. And but the the fight, it's like you know character battles, and it's like which one would you rather be, your hairstylist? Which one do you think's better looking? Like, but the two, they randomly just pick two characters. Okay. Uh, one of them, I think, was um, is it Dusa Medusa's floating head? Yes. And uh, it, it was like she's very you know, cute, which, by the way. Yeah, yeah. She is, yeah. She's like, which Gosh. one's better looking? And it's like Medusa or um, can't remember. It was one of the like, the like the Hercules style muscular male characters, and he was so like. Yeah, and he was like, oh, uh, you know, classically, I'm going to have to give it to the guy because, you know, Deuce is just a floating head. And yeah. Although, the, the, like, the, the best floating head I've ever written, um, <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of appeal just for the head. Oh, she's very <laughs> cute, though. I, I like Deuce a lot. Yeah, yeah he, honestly. He, I think he says himself, like, he's actually going off it on a classical looks basis. Mm. rather than because he he like as you said he wrote the characters and you yes. can't write characters like when i write certain characters for D and i'm like when you guys really vibe with those characters i'm like 
And then yeah. there's a couple of characters where I was like, oh, I think I've written a fairly solid character, and you're like, no. Nah. <laughs> <So laughs> like, and then I just yeah. put, I get my notebook, and I'm like, maybe later. <laughs> Reusable, yeah. maybe. I mean, I must admit the exact same. Like, I am. The characters are one of the cool things of this, which is that I've not had the same conversation twice yet. Yeah. Like I, and, I mean, necessarily not having a conversation where someone doesn't say the same thing twice isn't necessarily a measure of character building. It's it's because not necessarily. You come back to talking to us and we say the same thing over and over again. I'll let John continue. So for a roguelike, it is unheard of yeah. to it's have massive. this strong a character set in their game. Like the the biggest um, roguelike of the past few years is Dead Cells, uh, which is a, is a great game. I'm not very good at it. Um, I will admit, I think that the the story in this game just blows Dead Cells out of the water. water. Like in terms of mechanics, it that Dead Cells is side on, uh, and obviously Hades is is an isometric overhead view. Um, mechanically, they're very different, but in terms of like the actual appeal to carry on is immense compared to Dead Cells. And Dead Cells, like you would die like later on, and you just think, oh well. What's I the can't. point in going back? Like, I'll come back to this later. Whereas when I die in Hades, I come back into into being back in the house of Hades, no, and eat, I want to talk eat, to all eat, the characters. Eat to everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to talk to them all. I want to see what's different. I want to see what's happening. I had the and, exact same thing that, that John's referring to, and I came back yeah. on this last run. So I played. I actually played two runs just before this, right? And on the very last one, right, I came back and I went, oh. Right, okay, let's see what everyone else has to say, right? And I went to one particular character, right? And I pressed A, and they were like, Oh, you, you, you don't seem to be doing too well. Here you go. And they gave me something. And I was like, Would I have missed this? Like, you know, if because it's in a separate area, and I'm like, Oh my God, I could have missed this. And and that's just that's just what they could give you, what they discuss and the story elements of it. And the, the fact that the clashes between the underworld and the Olympians make me laugh yep. all the time. Oh my and even between the Olympians themselves, there's there's a there's a particular room where and it's one of my favourite rooms where two got uh, two bar, Dan. Pardon? <laughs> Is it a bar? No, no, no. Well, oh. no, it's not. It's it's uh, the reward a reward based room and it's got Two of the boons. You can choose two of the boons. The first time I went into it, I was like, oh, this is a really difficult choice, this. So I chose the one that I was slowly building on. It was Zeus. Um, to do with lightning. Really? Um, and I was like, right, okay. And then the other the other Olympian said something like, you'll pay for that. And I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Like, what's going to happen? Right? And then waves of enemies spawn. And then if you manage to kill them all, you also get their boon. But they say... You know what? I was wrong about you. It's okay. It's okay now. And I'm like, whoa, dodge that god shaped bullet. <laughs> also, like, set like AoE uh, things against you to make that particular encounter harder. Yes. And it's based on what element they're they're essentially done. But yeah. one of the one of the things like when you when you die and you come back, you're immediately in front of like the desk of Hades, and Hades is like berating you for the way that you died, like as yeah. well. And you just think. Sod off, Dad. Yeah. I'll do better next time. Do you want to know what the Hades makes me think of behind the desk? Uh, it makes me think of is it Dragon Igor from Pers- no Igor okay. from uh, Persona Five for some reason when oh, you yeah. go to him. I don't know why, but that was the mental image. Although it he does look a lot like you know uh, the the devil or whatever he's called in Dragon Ball Z as well. Yeah, he does doesn't he? Um, has anyone else got anything to say about Hades? I, I, I'm going to play it as soon as we finish on the podcast. Excellent. 
Um, because I think I'm, that's about it. Yeah, for yeah. me, I, I buy it, play it. Yeah, Love definitely. It. If you've got a if you've got a coupon on uh, Epic Store, I cannot stress this enough. Five pound for this game is far and beyond the best investment you will make probably this year. And that says a lot because we've spent a lot of this year and now an extra month indoors. So you know, keep that in mind. That's all I can say about Hades. Honestly, like, so good, so good. We're running a little bit long tonight. Uh, we're we're running we're about on time. I also wanted to talk about Etrian Odyssey, uh, the game that I played whilst I was away, uh, but we'll shelve that for another time. So, um, uh, has anyone else got anything to talk about? I think if we're uh, going to move on and prepare for next week, uh, if you are using a listening service and it has a review function, if you would kindly use that review function, uh, it would help us out greatly. We are also on Facebook under Roleplay Life. Is it Roleplay Life podcast? It is, yeah. It is. Uh, if you find us on there and give that a like, it is free and it helps us out. It does. Uh, I believe we also have Roleplay Life podcast at gmail.com if you wish to drop us a line or you want to shout at us for being completely ignorant yeah. about a topic or you want to give us some suggestions of what we've talked about that you've enjoyed. Yeah, uh, we. I think we're reaching a point where we'd love some feedback rather than being three men sat in various rooms across the United Kingdom, hoping that people still find some interest in what we say. Yeah, one hundred percent. Email in, please. Roleplaylifepodcast at gmail dot com, or and then the final social, um, just to continue on from what Guy said, is roleplaylifep um, on Twitter. So at roleplaylifep, which is uh, the, the Twitter one and. I mean, I tend to just tag it into whenever we post up the podcast and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, just interact with us some way because we do talk a lot. We know that. Um, it'd be nice to hear what the people have to say. Even if you just want to argue with us as well. Yeah. That, that's fine too. Like just to, I mean, just that's to... what we actually do when we're not doing the podcast. Yeah, we just yeah, argue with each other's opinions. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if that's it, everybody, uh, I think we'll call it a day. So um, thank you, Dan. Thank you very thank much. You, Thank you. Uh, you've been listening to Roleplay Life Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. See ya.